Hey everyone, and welcome to the first solo episode of Curiosities in Psychology. I just want to start by saying a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening in on the podcast, um, either here or on YouTube, or if you're following on Instagram or TikTok, thank you. All the messages I've got have been really lovely, and it's great to hear that everyone's really enjoying it. Um, And I've also loved getting the feedback, so keep it coming, because I want to hear your thoughts on the podcast and what you think of different topics. So yeah, please keep sending me those messages, because it's great. So today we're going to be kind of walking on the boundary between philosophy and psychology as we discuss free will, or more so our illusion of free will and what makes us believe that we do or don't have it. So within that, we'll also discuss um, decision making and how we make certain choices as well. So free will is the idea that we have free choice over our actions and the way we behave and the decisions that we make. So in other words, we're self-determined. Um, So we make our own choices. So our legal system is based on the assumption of free will. Um, If it wasn't, it would make it very complicated. And so basically we assume that people have the ability to choose um, whether to commit a crime or not, unless they have a mental disability severe enough to suggest that they didn't have the capacity to make that decision for themselves. But for philosophers, free will is still an interesting one to debate and same when it comes to psychology. So I can't really do this podcast without at least mentioning Benjamin Leibert's study on free will. So at the time, in the 1980s, this was a revolutionary study which supposedly showed that free will doesn't exist, because at a neurological level, our brains make decisions before we're consciously aware of them. So what Leibert did in this study was he monitored um, participants' brain activity using something called an EEG, and then asked them to perform a task such as pressing a button when an image appeared on a screen. And so he asked the participants to note the moment when they were consciously aware of their decision to move. And so what Leibert found was that around 300 milliseconds before the participants were consciously aware they were about to move, there was unconscious brain activity shown, which was labelled the readiness potential. So the idea was that we don't actually have free will because our brains have made the decision before we're able to consciously decide for ourselves. However, this experiment had a lot of flaws and these days it's pretty much been debunked. So it was debated that there could be or there is a delay between the impulse to act and having to record that the participants had to take action. And further, another set of researchers replicated Leibert's studies and found that the readiness potential appeared even before an image was shown on the screen. So this kind of suggests that the readiness potential might not be showing our decision to move, but it might be something entirely different, such as imagining movements rather than our decision to actually perform them. So Leibert didn't prove a great case for free will not existing, but it's still really interesting to consider the different types of influences that may suggest whether we do or don't have free will. And another way we can look at this is through our external decision making. So years ago, there was a study done across all across Europe, which was looking at the percentage of people in each country who were willing to donate their organs or be organ donors after they died. And they found that some countries had almost 100% of people willing to donate, whereas other countries showed that hardly anyone was keen. And the researchers kind of argued that this doesn't make sense culturally because some countries which were quite similar culturally, such as Sweden and Denmark, were on complete opposite sides of this debate. But what they found was that the differences was caused by the way the question was worded. So the countries which had the highest rate of organ donors had been sent an opt-out form saying something such as tick the box if you don't want to participate in the organ donor program. So if they didn't check the box, they were automatically on the list to be organ donors. 
and the countries which had the lowest rate of organ donors have been sent an opt-in form, so saying tick the box if you do want to participate in the organ donor program. So people still had the exact same options available to them, but they were sort of unknowingly led in a preferred direction. And so I think this is a really interesting example in relation to free will because it shows that the way a question is worded, or the way that something is offered up to us, can change our decisions quite drastically and quite easily. So even though we supposedly have free will over this situation, we're actually being guided down a very particular path. And to sum this up really simply, basically, people are really lazy. And even though we think we can do whatever we want, we will generally choose the easiest option in a range of different situations, even a decision as big as to whether to donate your organs or not. So this idea of free will has constraints, depending on how we're asked to do something or how much effort we have to put in to achieve it. And so you can sort of think of free will like an analogy of a king making decisions. So the king thinks he's ultimately making all the decisions, but really has all these little advisors running around telling him what he should and shouldn't do. And that's sort of our experience of free will. So psychologically, we feel like we have agency and we have all these options, but there are many different things which can influence our decisions. Um, and this can be internal, like what Labert was trying to demonstrate with a readiness potential. But we also know that things such as genetics can play a part in ultimately in our ability to do certain things or even the way we think about certain things. And then there's also external influences like social pressures or us being influenced by authority figures. And there have been many studies to show how we're influenced by all of these things. But beyond that, something that's really interesting about the idea of free will is that we can manipulate ourselves to believe that what we're saying or doing is what we actually believe. So there's an American psychologist called Daniel Wagner, and he did this really interesting study, which he wrote about in his book called The Illusion of Conscious Will. So Google it if you're interested. Um, where he got a bunch of participants to sit at computers and they had to individually answer a bunch of questions on certain preferences. And the questions were coming out quite quickly and basically the computer program had been programmed so that the study was actually yoked, meaning that it was manipulated. So the participants thought they were answering the questions how they wanted, but the computer was actually choosing a different answer. Now the really interesting part about this study was that afterwards, when participants were questioned on their choices or their preferences, they still came up with reasons as to why they had chosen particular answers, even though they hadn't chosen those answers themselves. So I find this such a fascinating study because it shows how easily our perception can be influenced and how we can have this kind of illusion of free will, even when we don't actually have it. So I want to end by saying um, in philosophy, it can be quite fun to play around with this idea of free will or determinism and whether we do or don't have either one. But from a psychological perspective, having the belief that we do have free will or we do have control over situations can actually play a pretty crucial role in promoting positive mental health. Because a lot of the time when people go to see a psych, whether that's because they're feeling depressed because of an external event or anxious about something happening now or in the future, whatever it is, often the root cause is because they feel like they don't have control over a situation. So instead, when individuals perceive themselves as having control over their actions and their choices, they experience greater autonomy and greater satisfaction. So this in turn positively affects their mental health and their overall well-being. So whether we have free will or not, I definitely don't think it's a bad thing that we do generally believe we have autonomy over a situation. So hopefully this podcast has given you guys some interesting perspectives on the psychology of free will and on the way we perceive it. I would love to hear your feedback, so please let me know. Um, and thanks for listening. If you want to head uh, if you want to see more, head to my Instagram or TikTok pages, Curiosities in Psych, or check out Spotify or any of your favorite podcasting channels for more episodes. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks.